Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. We're delighted that you've joined us for another exciting program. Our topic today is church planting in tough places. And our guest is Pastor Tara Vincross. Tara, welcome. Thank you. Now, church planting in tough places, that sounds like a tough assignment. <laughs> it's a fun one. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a little of your story. Well, I started ministry about 12 years ago, and even early on, I, I felt this stirring towards church planting. Didn't know at the time where that would be. I'm from Seattle, Washington originally. Mm -hmm. God led us all the way to Philadelphia before he told us, yes, this is the time. It's time for you to begin planting a church. Wow. So it's been an exciting journey. Yeah, yeah. And the, the context in Philadelphia, what's, what's the community like where you're planting the church? It's definitely urban. Philadelphia is the fifth largest city in the United States. There's over six million people there and around 10,000 Seventh-day Adventists in the city. So there's a huge mission field really to reach out to those individuals there. And so God was just really having me pray and our church pray for having the heart of God towards the people in our city. Right. Now, how did you go about planting a church? What, what was the the, the main focus or the, the, the main thing you wanted to do when you planted a church? Well, I think what's really important is to just keep things simple first because we try to do something flashy or start something huge. But what really we've found in our ministry over the last four years, as my husband and I have been starting this church plant, um, is it really authentic wins the day every day. Uh, okay. So uh, we, I was pastoring at the established church in Chestnut Hill, which is the northwest corner of Philadelphia. And we started to feel this passion for church planting. And so we started a group in our home. And we, the format was very simple. We had food, uh, we had prayer, and we had Bible study. And what started to grow is these authentic relationships and people invited friends. And it was really amazing to witness what God was doing. Well, that is keeping it simple, isn't it? Very. Let's, let's just make sure we capture those th three vital ingredients. Food, food. right? Absolutely. Okay. All right. <laughs> food, prayer, Bible, Bible study. study. Okay. Yes. And what, what kind of prayer did you do? Well, mainly centered on um, what the needs were in the people that we were there with. Uh, so every week we asked one question, how has God shown up in your life this week? And so it was really encouraging actually to some of the people that were there because they would say, you know, about midweek last week, I was praying, God, where are you going to show up? How are you going to use me this week? I want to share on Friday night. I want to share. And so then they would start to watch for opportunities. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, so we share and then we have prayer together asking for the Holy Spirit to lead out in the Bible study and, and praying for real specific needs in the group. And then we approached the scriptures. So we started off in the book of John, right. just going through section by section. Mm -hmm. And then we've done now Luke, Acts, and now we're in the book of Exodus. So wow. we're just really keeping it simple, going through the sections and three simple questions we ask each time. Okay. Just, what is the text saying? How does it connect with my life? And what is the invitation from God to me? This so, so really we're focusing on life application. What does God speak into your context? And it's, it's been amazing. Yeah. So it is simple, mm -hmm. um, but not simplistic, is it? No. It's, it's really revolutionary for our yeah, lives. Yeah. And meaningful. And the word you used before was authentic. Yes. Yeah. And I'm sure that resonates with people. So your lounge room, 
how big is it? If it's, <laughs> did you have hundreds of people? What sort of not house big do you enough. live in? <laughs> no, we actually, it's not that large, but we've packed a lot of people in there. So at most around 60 people, but don't get af afraid. That was just, everybody invited their friend on that night and we were just amazed. We looked around and thought, wow, our living room is bursting. Yeah. Um, but people are inviting friends. They invited people that had never studied the Bible because it's to a home. So they said, hey, you want to come over? Um, we're having a meal together. And some people even said, she didn't tell me it was a Bible study. I've never opened the Bible in my life. And so we watched people open the Bible for the first time right there in our living room, sitting on our couch, and just watched how the Holy Spirit and the Word of God can have an effect on people's life. So were people intimidated by that? Were there any people that walked out at that no, stage? No, no, because it was so focused on, I mean, when you start off with a question of where's God been in your week, people are able to hear, first of all, God is personal. He's connecting with all of these people and, and suddenly people were interested. Yeah. They wanted to know more. Yeah. And so they kept coming back and our, our way of opening the Bible was in a way that was not intimidating. We said, God has something to speak to your life. It's no accident you're seated here. So it was just very, very much simple and dependent on the Holy Spirit to guide us. You know, this, this seems just listening to this lovely story, it, it seems as though something, this would warm the hearts of even postmoderns. Yes. Are, are you finding that? Yes, there's a guy who's coming to the Bible study now and he calls himself, um, you know, someone said, are you a Christian? He's like, no, no, not yet, but this is my church and I'd say I'm almost one. <laughs> he's not sure what he thinks about it yet, but, but he's getting there and he's been listening to people share their stories and experiences with God and he starts connecting with the Word of God. And so that's the power of, of God at work in people's real life. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. Now, Terry, you and your husband, is this something that you just dreamt up and ran ahead and did? Did you have the support of, of anyone or anybody? Most definitely. <laughs> Tell us about that. I think it's really, really important to have the support of the established church or churches that you're working with. I, I was assigned after interviewing and after them welcoming me to that church to be the pastor of this one church and a beautiful church, Chestnut Hill Seventh-day Adventist Church, wonderful congregation. And together, uh, through that process of being in relationship with them, we started to pray together as leaders what does God want us to do to reach this city? So it starts with that, I, I believe that's crucial, mm -hmm. is give us your heart for people, Lord. Let us have the same love that you have towards people. And so we started to pray as a church board, actually. And I talked with them about what the book of Acts says and, and some other different things. that Jesus wants to be where the people are at. This city is a huge mission field. And as we were praying together as a church board, we really sense God wants us to move forward with a church plant. So we had, we had that vision, but we shared it and then invited all of the leaders to pray together. And they were the ones that really said, yeah, let's move forward with this together. Excellent. And was there, you know, denominational leadership and so forth? How, how did you interface with them in this whole process? Well, from, from that church board, we took it to a business meeting and after the church voted it as a whole, I communicate with a conference, call them, email them, say, this is where our church is moving. This is what God is stirring in our hearts and just letting them know where we're at. And they gave us their full support, you know, reaching this city and specifically this territory, this neighborhood that had no Adventist church presence. And so they were excited along with us and very supportive of Excellent. moving forward. So Excellent. communication is essential.
You know, it's sounding so similar to Paul and Barnabas and receiving the support of the church at Antioch before mm -hmm. they went out on their journey with mm -hmm. what's, what's happening to your experience there in Philadelphia. We want to come back. There will be more of Ministry in Motion. And when we come back, we want to explore who the target group is of Tower of Incross's church. Join us. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is church planting in tough places. Our guest is Pastor Tara Vincross, who's currently pastoring a, a church plant in Philadelphia in North America. Tara, just before the break, we looked at the importance of keeping things simple and authentic. And we also looked at the importance of having a, a support network with you in the church plant. But when you're in the actual stages of planting this new church in the community, what, what was your essential focus? What were the things that you were really concentrating on? We had really two focuses. We wanted to raise up a new church in this area that had no Adventist church. So there's a whole neighborhood, West Oak Lane in Philadelphia, that has about 120,000 people in this, in this area, but no church presence there. And so we really had a target to raise up a new church, a movement there. But our, our second and equal goal was that we wanted to empower young adults as leaders in that church. So we really had these, these two focuses. And I think this applies directly to our context as we're, we were seeking to plant a young adult and young professional church, um, really targeted towards that age group. But I think this could apply to a lot of different contexts because as you're raising up the church, you're also equally focused on building up people. So though I, I'm extremely excited, and there's nothing more exciting than standing in the baptismal pool when someone is giving their life to Jesus Christ, I'm equally and amazed and excited at what God does when someone finds their passion in ministry and realizes that they can be used by God. So that building up of people and, and watching them grow and develop and be empowered as leaders is just incredible. So those were really our two focuses is not only empowering, but discipling those young adults, young professionals as leaders in ministry. Mm. So it's what you're describing there is a multiplication of the ministry of Jesus. Yes, in, yes. In a needy community. So really, really, we wanted to make disciples who were then making disciples. And, and we saw that time and time again because Angel, for example, she came to Philadelphia to pursue graduate school. We have over 90 universities in our area, wow. large city. And she came to pursue graduate school and the seed had been planted in her previous home state, but she started to look around for a church and she was just exploring all different options. And God led her to us. She started to have Bible studies with another one of those young adult leaders, young professional leaders that were in our church. So one person giving a Bible study to the next person and then now she's baptized and is a member and now she's giving Bible studies to the next generation. So we're able to see the, the generations of disciples already who are empowered to share this message of Jesus. This is an exciting experience you're having. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Just on a practical level, how, how did you get the ball rolling? How, how did you initially get things moving with these growing disciples so that they could then be disciple makers themselves? 
Well, I think as, as they witness it, they're able to, to see and experience it. It becomes something that's not so intimidating. So like I said earlier, it started in our living room. And so that idea of, hey, you can invite your friend, you can come to this place and look, you open the Bible together, the Holy Spirit guides you. As, as that confidence builds from watching and witnessing that, it, that God works, yeah. <laughs> that God is real, exactly. um, that it's an authentic experience, people are willing to go forward and try it themselves too. Yeah. Now, when people are a part of a church plant um, and when people are a part of anything, we, we all bring expectations. Mm -hmm. And what, what kind of expectations did you find some of your, your crew having? I, I don't think this is unique with just our church plant, I would mm -hmm. say, but we, we definitely, coming from, a, with some people coming from established churches, and then we have other people that are coming from an unchurched background, there's all different expectations. Some that there would be a certain level of programming and ministries that a church would have. Well, when you're a smaller group, you have just, you know, your core group there, you're just starting mm -hmm. off. I think at the time when we had 20 people, some people started to talk through the ministries they wanted to have. And I said, wait, wait, you're talking like we're a 400 member church already. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have to act our size. So I felt like I, I wanted to hold these two things in tension that there's the passion and the excitement that we can do anything. And I love that. Mm -hmm. And then at the equal, we have to realize what stage we're at and what we're able to do so that church members and church leaders don't burn out prematurely. Right, so, okay. you know, we had, we had several meetings where in a circle we're praying and talking with each other about what is it that God wants us to take on and do well. We can't do everything, but we can do some things well. And it's those things which God has called us to that we want to do well. So it's really important that you act the size that you are and yeah. not try to be bigger than you are at that stage. Right. And so the food, the prayer, the Bible study, keeping right. it simple not and acting your size. Have, have you found that you're moving on beyond those points? What, what, what are the next steps that you're taking in, in the process? Oh, there's been mainly in our community, which is listening to our community and seeing where the real needs are okay. and then inviting a partnership together to meeting those needs. Right. So we have, we have neighbors and our church ministry that are working in partnership together for our tutoring ministry, our urban agriculture program, um, our boot camp, our physical fitness. You know, we've got kids that haven't ever done anything like that and they're out there moving, <laughs> you know. Wow. So there's kids club. There's all sorts of other things that now we've been able to do, but we have more, more hands to do it and okay. um, more so, partners. So you're running a, a tutoring program. Is this for kids after school type thing? Yes. In mathematics and reading, it allows them to be able to do better in their academics. Okay. And an urban gardening program. Tell us something about that. Oh, it's just amazing. We, God led us to a person that has an agriculture degree and has had a passion for working in, a, in an urban context. And so she's teaching people how to do organic gardening in containers and just launching this, this ministry. It's, it's really amazing. We have three different levels of it that we're doing in the containers, in the empty and vacant lots, and then in the suburban plot, um, a couple of acres that someone is letting us use outside of the city. So we have these three levels. Fantastic. What sort of things are you growing? Um, nothing right now. Okay, well. <laughs> but we're moving towards that. We're preparing for it. Okay. So she grew everything. I mean, we had at least uh, 40 varieties uh, of vegetables and all sorts of other things that she had growing. We're going to add flowers this year. 
Well, she wants to share it with the neighbours. Of course, and in the dead of a Philadelphia we uh, winter, it is pretty hard to grow things. A little, yeah, but yeah. we're starting to dream that way. <laughs> good, good. And it's exciting to hear how these you're integrating with the community. Again, it's, it's needs-based mm -hmm. and it's simple. And, and God has provided people with specific skills in those areas for your ministry. Mm -hmm. your, your intention of adults and empowering adults with the ministry. Wow, we can just see that coming through so clearly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are there any other ministries that, that you're contemplating and are exciting you at the moment? Well, one of them that we have started, that we started off initially with was called Adopt-A-Block. Um, so essentially our church members were divided up into different blocks of our target area and it was all about raising up relationships. So they would go back to the same area not trying to give anything except offering friendship. And so relationships started growing. You know, at Christmas time, we'd go out and carol or do other things, but really those relationships have been crucial to opening up things in the community. So the neighbors said, we've never, we haven't had a block party in decades, let's have a party. So we, we led that. Fantastic. These are valuable insights on how to plant a church in a tough environment. We'll be right back with more of Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic is church planting in tough places and our special guest is Pastor Tara Vincross. Tara, this church that you're planting, it started in the lounge room in the home of you, you and your husband, but I'm guessing it's grown since then. Where have you moved to and, and what's happening now? That is definitely true. <laughs> so we, we do still have a group that meets in our home, but from there we moved to uh, an elder donated, actually purchased a home and donated its use. And so we had a home right in the target community where we were going to stay. So we have interns that live there and work and minister incarnationally. But we started to have services in that living room. We quickly outgrew the living room. I started to pray for where are you going to lead us next, God? And this local rec center where we were doing a basketball gym night said, you can start meeting here on Saturdays. And they had originally been charging us and they said, we don't feel right about charging you. And I said, why? They said, because you're actually about the community. We've never met a church that was actually about the community. And so they let us meet there for free. We met there for a year. And then we were sensing it was time for us to move on. The space was a little bit small for us. And I started to look around and pray, God, where would you have us go next? And he's, I, I was driving by, I, I tell you this, this was the truth. The Holy Spirit said, you're gonna meet in that storefront building. You're kidding. Just right there. And I said, we've already checked that out. It's way beyond our price range. We can't afford that. And God just told me to call. And I told them our situation, where we were at, that I wondered if they would rent it to us temporarily for less than they normally rent. And they said, let's come, let's meet. And I shared the vision and they got all excited about our vision and about where we were going, what we were offering to the community. And they said, go ahead, you can do that. Wow. Start meeting there. So it's like at each step and each phase, God has been leading us and where we're meant to be. It's an exciting journey, isn't it? So mm -hmm. you have a church, but in a sense that the building is, a, it's a temporary structure that you move to, move from yes. when it's appropriate. 
Well, up to the story this last week where I met with the association board and we've actually identified a building we're going to purchase. And so I met with them, I shared the vision, I shared where we've come from with our giving, the fact that we have 90% of our members are involved in ministry outside of Sabbath, outside of worship, at, and that our average age is 27 years old. People said, you know, you'll never be able to plant a church with young adults, young professionals. Um, but they have given, their stewardship has grown and they've given. So when we were meeting there and I'm sharing with them all these stories and this report, this update, they said, you know what, you've built a church and now you're asking for a building. A lot of times people ask for a building in order to build a church. And so I know co other contexts require a building first, but I think a lot of times we limit what God can do in building an authentic community of believers before they even have a permanent place to call their church building. Mm -hmm. The church is the people, the, the gathering of people, and God has really moved among us. Exactly. You know, I'm wondering, Tara, as people have heard this, whether they've been inspired, what, what would you suggest? What would you advise to somebody who's sensing the stirring of God right now to become involved with church planting? The main thing from, from my experience that I would advise is to be willing to move forward step by step following Jesus as he leads because he doesn't reveal the whole plan and he certainly didn't with us. He put in my heart a stirring, a passion and in other leaders in our community, but he didn't give us the whole plan. We had to step forward into the water in order to experience the miracle, just like that story at the Jordan River. Yeah. Um, and he's revealed each step as we went along but he doesn't remove the uncertainty. He doesn't remove the risk. He just says, move forward. And at each step I've seen God provide the answer, the solution, the building, the people, the resources at each time. But it required us to move forward with the first step before we knew what the next step would be. So being willing to move as God tells you to move is, is crucial. Is so do hard? it, do it. <laughs> is it hard? Yes, <laughs> absolutely it's hard. Um, it keeps me up at night. It keeps me praying and dependent on God, but it's worth it. Because yeah. um, until I've been at this place where I didn't know the answers, until I was at that point of dependence, I haven't experienced the miracles that I've experienced now before this point because I'm witnessing and needing to depend on God fully for everything mm. we're doing. Mm. So I would say do it. It's hard, but do it. And I'm sure that just you going through this step, it's not just the pastor going step by step, mm -hmm. it's the whole community of the church, right? Right, so that was another thing. You have to be comfortable with not saying more than you know. So I would sometimes stand before our church and say, here's what I know, here's what I know. God loves these people, he's at work, we're joining him in his work, and I know this step, but I don't know the coming steps. And sometimes people will say, but don't you have the five-year plan or the three-year plan? Um, I just say, no, I don't, but God does. So don't try to make something up. Just say what you know and move forward with it. Yeah. Well, Tara, we, we just can't thank you enough for coming on Ministry in Motion. Thank you for, for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing your expertise, your skills. And we will certainly be keeping in touch with you and the, the story that's happening in Philadelphia. And we just wish every God's and good blessing upon you and your ministry there, particularly in Philadelphia. Thank and we'd you. like to thank you for joining us as well here on Ministry in Motion. You've just enjoyed another fascinating program. This program, of course, has been about church planting in tough places. 
If you'd like to explore any of the other programs that we've produced in Ministry in Motion, come visit our website, ministryinmotion.tv. All the programs are archived there and you can view them 24-7. But until next time, may God bless you and your ministry.